0: What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. boy. Welcome, listener, to Chapter 120 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Monoliths episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokitansky, Julian Field, and Travis
1: View. After a series of mentally and spiritually draining episodes about the ongoing storm which Travis can no longer deny is occurring, we decided to kick back a bit and focus instead on another war. Aliens versus neo-Nazis. Now don't worry, most of this story is set during a kind of Pax Galactica of sorts, and we'll mostly be gazing at the stars and watching their brilliant shapes reflect from the gleaming surfaces of alien artifacts. And then the Nazis are going to come have we mentioned that Jake is your captain, by the way? Should be fine. He personally promised me he would not be hitting any meteorites and that uh, he would also be serving us a fantastic dessert in the form of a Michael Flynn story. But before all that,
2: QAnon, QAnon news. news. For my first story, Trump campaign burns QAnon lawyer Lynn Wood after he encouraged Republicans to boycott the Georgia Senate election. <laughs> this is so funny. Lynn Wood's going rogue. So, uh, yeah, if you're the type of person who follows normally politics, you may know that on January 5th, uh, voters in Georgia will decide their next senators in a runoff election. Now, this is a crucial election because if either of the two Republicans win, the GOP will retain control of the Senate. However, if both Democratic candidates win, the parties will be evenly split in the Senate, allowing Vice President-elect Kamala Harris to cast the tie-breaking votes on legislation. Wow. Crucial election for the Republicans, which is why so many in Trump world were dismayed when uh, would discouraged people from voting in the special election because it's supposedly rigged. At a press conference in Atlanta with fellow QAnon lawyer Sidney Powell, Woods said that people shouldn't vote unless Republican candidates Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue demand that the Republican governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, calls a special legislative session.
3: Do not be fooled twice. This is Georgia. We ain't dumb. We're not going to go vote on January 5th in another machine made by China. You're not going to fool Georgians again. If Kelly Loeffler wants your vote, if David Perdue wants your vote, they've got to earn it. They've got to demand publicly, repeatedly, consistently, Brian Kemp call a special session of the Georgia legislature. And if they do not do it, if Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue do not do it, they have not earned your vote. Don't you give it to them. Why would you go back and vote in another rigged election? For God's sakes, fix it. That was a line too
2: far for mainstream Trump world who seemed to put out a burn notice for Linwood. Wood. Breitbart published an article about Lynwood's history of donating to Democrats, which was then tweeted out by the official Trump campaign Twitter account which is also a strange attack. Trump actually primarily donated to Democrats up until 2010
1: the republicans are not happy with what's happening at all no so they keep kind of like distancing themselves from people who represent trump both these lawyers were on his team at one point yeah and now they're kind of not and it's it really is a kind of internal battle i think that there must be a lot of republican think tanks just fucking pulling their hair out and you know what that is hilarious (laughs) fuck those cato institute motherfuckers they're probably melting today just being like fuck rudy giuliani holds my fate in his hands in his melted awful hands and that is funny there is so much
0: money and and power to still be gained beyond trump
1: if you burn yourself with the maga people then you're cutting out a huge kind of potential career uh that that is by the way the easiest version of that because they won't have the right. same standards 222 <laughs> yes. Uh, co- Congress people just stayed silent on the question of who won the election.
2: <laughs> I know. They're all cowards. This is why, it it's like, why do you work so hard to get so much power in the U.S. government, and then once you acquire it, you cower in fear of Donald fucking Trump? If you're part of the Republican Party, you were always going to be part of, like, that circus,
1: right? I mean, the Democrats are not even remotely as disciplined as them in terms of coming together and, and re-assimilating all the parts to make it effective over and over. Remember the talk after Obama, uh, uh, you know, so it was like oh yeah the republicans will never put together their party again they're they're you know they're fighting themselves and it's a mess and right now we could argue that but i'm not going to be stupid and argue that because i've seen them pull it off before where they kind of yeah. you're like they, they can't possibly make these
2: two things work together and they do they do that also inspired republican congressman dan crenshaw to disavow wood on twitter
0: lynn wood is a democrat that wants republicans to self-destruct just because he wears a MAGA hat does not mean he shares a single value with you. He just wants your donations for his legal fees. He's a grifter. Vote in Georgia. Oticon.
1: So, but I don't. Okay, so now you have Crenshaw. Like, who's on who's who's in whose camp? Like Marjorie, I guess. I mean, who, she has to stand by Trump. What? I don't get it anymore. I actually really don't get You're right. what's happening.
2: The boundaries are are really confused because this caused a lot of QAnon people to say, man, I knew he was a globalist, Dan Crenshaw. Michelle Malkin, right-wing commentator, also uh, also went to attack Crenshaw for the, for the crime of encouraging Republicans to vote in Georgia and help them wow. keep the Senate. Said he was a grifter. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's yeah, right. It is, yeah, it stings. Yeah, I mean, there's this weird, I mean, at the the lower levels, I guess, of Trump world, there is a weird uh, civil war going on. There's this weird attitude where the Trump campaign isn't disavowing Sidney Powell quite yet. So they're just allowing her to roam free and cause chaos for my next story. Trump praises QAnon in private meeting about keeping the Senate. According to a recent report in The Washington Post, uh, Republicans of Washington are trying to figure out how to use Trump to boost uh, the Senate candidates in Georgia. That reportedly led to Trump praising QAnon unprompted even though he apparently still doesn't understand what it is. Here's what that WAPO report says. In a White House meeting about keeping the Senate,
1: attended by Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Senator Todd C. Young, and other aides, a discussion about the state took a turn when Trump brought up House candidate Marjorie Taylor Greene's support of the baseless QAnon conspiracy theory, according to people familiar with the discussion. QAnon, he said, mispronouncing the name of the group, telling those present that it is made up of people who, quote, basically believe in good government. The room was silent again before Mark Meadows, the White House chief of staff, leaned forward to say he had never heard it described that way. (laughs) 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 We've covered influencers that have said it wrong, like Mm -hmm. in interviews, like who were booked to like speak at events and shit. So I take it for what it is. And the French have gone and
2: called it quanon. Quanon,
1: what the fuck is that? (laughs)
0: Qualuds. (laughs) Qualudes.
2: For my next story. Representative-elect Marjorie Taylor Greene shares pro-QAnon article from Gab CEO Andrew Torba. So this is noteworthy because it seems like Republican leadership and Marjorie Taylor Greene's handlers were trying to distance her from QAnon ever since she won her primary. But Greene blew those efforts up this past week when she
0: shared the pro-QAnon article with this tweet. The first accurate article about people following Q... The mediocrats smear innocent Americans with conspiracy lies if they don't believe the quote-unquote news. Big tech cancels them. People who refuse to bow to lies only get stronger in seeking and exposing truth.
2: That article from Gab CEO Andrew Torba includes this line.
1: I can't say that I've ever seen any conspiracy theories from the QAnon community. I've seen a refreshing and objective flow of information being surfaced by a decentralized community of millions of people who are researching and reporting on news that
2: so-called journalists refuse to cover. Just a reminder, this is an article that an incoming member of Congress said is accurate and yeah. accurately described what Q is all about. So she is a QAnon follower. Apparently, um, a spokesperson for Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote back to uh, uh, the Daily Beast saying that yes. this still doesn't mean that Marjorie Taylor Greene is a QAnon follower, but this is bullshit. She clearly is still, still super pilled. She couldn't help herself. She could have just kept her mouth shut yeah. and not talked about QAnon, and then people would, would maybe buy her bullshit that she left it behind, that the Q, she was just in a QAnon face. I was over now. But no, she blew all that up, probably frustrating both Republican leadership and her handlers. I mean, this is great. She's got the cube bursting out of her. Torba also
1: is kind of going full Christian digital soldier. He's taking that Flint turn. He's got Jesus is king in his signature on that like post. But still, he he's talking about how One of the elements of QAnon that makes it essentially not a conspiracy theory and makes it, quote unquote, dangerous to the mainstream media and all these lefties is because it's supposedly religious. It's Christian. And so people hate that. So they're kind of now, I guess, using religion as a kind of shield. If they make it even more religious, they could be like, well, this is just my form of Christianity. QAnon is kind of, you know.
2: Oh, of course. Yeah. This is the first step towards QAnon people uh, arguing that their beliefs should be protected under uh, religious freedom protections. Yeah. For my next story, defendants move to exclude testimony from Sidney Powell's Kraken lawsuit in Georgia. So uh, Sidney Powell's lawsuits to overturn the election almost entirely rely on the testimony from a gallery of online cranks. Uh, The defendants in the Georgia case recently filed a motion to exclude the testimony of those cranks on the basis that they failed to pass the Daubert standard for admissibility, which is something I know about because last week on the show, guest uh, Ali Metzi explained what the Daubert standard is. So I felt uh, very, very, I don't know, smart because I just learned what that is (laughs) and now I'm reading about it.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? I forgot last time to put her Twitter in the show notes, but go check it out there and go follow her.
2: In one case, the defense asked the court to disregard the testimony of one person because he is only known as Spider, which is spelled with a Y. But what really caught my eye was the request to disregard the evidence of tune administrator Ron Watkins. I thought that really offered a succinct explanation of why he's just totally useless in this case.
0: Plaintiffs present no evidence that Watkins is qualified to offer any opinion regarding election (laughs) software. Watkins stated experience as a quote, network and information defense analyst and a network security engineer, end quote, does not qualify him to offer testimony regarding purported vulnerabilities in voting systems. However, it is not clear whether Watkins has ever used or even examined the software at issue or whether he has any experience in election administration. Second, Watkins' opinions are not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> His declaration appears to yeah. consist entirely of unsupported speculation regarding purported vulnerabilities in election software based on a review of publicly available documents, including user manuals. If it wishes, the court can review these public documents itself. Watkins's speculation is not helpful. Such testimony should be disregarded like listen we can we can read we're able to read
2: the the manual if that's if that's if the evidence is there just submit the manual to the court just right. saying just say this this dude who read the manual he's basically he's giving us a book report for the court yeah, and, uh, cliff, so, notes. yeah, yeah. Cliff, cliff notes, notes. yeah cliff notes just trust him <laughs> and for
1: the last piece of news i bring you freshly pardoned michael flynn appears on the matrix groove show Three-star general and ex-head of the DIA Michael Flynn spoke out in a recent interview with OG QAnon promoters In The Matrix, a.k.a. Jeffrey Peterson, and his sidekick Shady Groove. In the interview, the retired three-star general thanks QAnon followers and encourages them to continue their digital war.
4: We are your digital soldiers, sir. Absolutely. And we've got songs. JT Wild has made songs about you. Um, we have been fighting so hard. The Out of Shadows movie, uh, when Joe came on and said, my brother watched it. It was so amazing,
5: sir. Yeah, so all of that stuff. I mean, J.T. Wilds and all of the various meme or meme army. I love it. Yes, sir. I mean, the digital army that we have is unstoppable. The digital soldiers that we have are committed, dedicated servants of our country. And I'll tell you what, when, when we say that, you know, I, or, or I see people that don't want to fight on the battlefield, the Twitter space or the Facebook space. We can't necessarily choose the terrain that we want to fight on and that's okay. But when we get on that train and we're on it, you know, we fight like digital soldiers. as long as we fight like digital soldiers, we will overcome anything. I probably have the largest law firm in the world and it's, and it's called Digital Soldiers, you know, PC or LLP or whatever you say at the end of those letters. Honest to God, because we would, some, something would happen some piece of information would be exposed, and then all of a sudden the digital soldiers would go to work. Yes, sir. And they would enlighten, they would enlighten not only the people of this country, but also the, the, the tactical legal team that we had, uh, eventually led by the, uh, you know, America's guardian angel of justice,
1: Sidney Powell. But digital soldiers isn't just an abstract concept for Flynn, who seems to be preparing some sort of operation under that name. Digital Soldiers is going
5: to have a capability soon. And I would, and, may, and maybe what we'll do is we'll come back on soon, very soon, maybe next week. But in the, in the coming days, and, uh, and, and, uh, and ask you guys to help us out, because we need a new platform of truth.
1: I would be honored. Flynn claims he can't stay long on the show because he's on the run from the deep state. But
5: here's what I want to tell your audience, because I, I'm going to have to jump here uh, because I'm, I'm on the move. You got it, sir. I got I to keep, I got I to make sure that I'm a moving target because these son of a guns, they're after me, you know? I mean, uh, and, and, and uh, in, a, in a literal and figurative sense that sometimes...
1: In the end, Flynn is really on the show to push a very specific message, and that's one of encouragement. He wants to remind his digital troops, essentially, to stay on message and to continue using their alternative platforms to broadcast Donald Trump.
5: What I try to do is I try to follow the lead of what President Donald Trump, Jay Trump, is is out there talking about. I think his speech the other day, I think it was two days ago, maybe three days ago now, is terrific, probably one of the most historic speeches. No media covered it and some of the major media markets said that he was lying. That means that they, that means that he's right over the target. Yes, sir. You know, like they said in World War II with the bombing campaigns, if you're receiving flack, you're over the target. So we just need to be steady and we need to, and for the people that are in those states, those affected states, you need to be calling your representatives. You need to be going to these rallies that they're having at the state's capitals. And you need to be demanding, putting demands on your 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 state officials, your state political class to not accept this gross or this this abuse of our election system.
4: Be loud, be proud and be heard.
1: Silent. no I got to
5: get going, guys. I got to jump. I will be back and I'm going to talk more about this digital soldier's effort that we have underway.
1: In the end, it seems like his appearance was there to fortify his myth within the QAnon community and encourage them to continue supporting him and the president. I think we'll soon find out what he means by this kind of digital soldiers organization. But what's certain is that we have not heard the end of Michael Flynn and his connections to the QAnon community.
0: The first monolith. Brett Hutchings flew his helicopter low over the vast Utah desert. He and his team from Utah's Department of Public Safety were assisting the Wildlife Resources Bureau with a routine aerial mission. From their vantage point in the chopper, they were to aid in tallying the number of bighorn sheep currently living in the area. But on that fateful day, November 18th, 2020, they discovered something far more mysterious. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Turn around, turn around! One of the men said. What? Shouted Brett over the chugging of the chopper blades. There's this thing back there. We've got to go look at it look at it they did. Hutchings touched down with the helicopter a couple hundred meters from the strange object, a large metallic monolith reaching 10 to 12 feet high, firmly wedged into the solid desert rock. Brett pulled out his cell phone and began videotaping the potential first contact as the members of his crew made their way down the rocky cliffs, edging closer to the artifact.
6: Okay, the intrepid explorers go down to investigate the uh, alien life form. <laughs> okay. Who does this kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah.
2: It's interesting how it comes
3: right, it's right at... Yeah. It's right at the...
0: Yeah. The monolith appeared to have been, quote, cut in to the ground, clearly a feat that would have taken sophisticated equipment, effort, and time. It was three-sided, and from some perspectives, it appeared to be almost two-dimensional in nature, like a flat mirror. But where did it come from? And how long had it been at this remote site in the middle of the Utah desert, waiting to be discovered? Redditors swarmed the net, trying to find the GPS location of the object, and were soon successful. One Reddit user explained that by tracing the DPS helicopter's flight path and taking note where it dipped below the radar, he was able to then use satellite images to pinpoint the location of the monolith. Side note uh, for Anans, now that is some fucking solid baking right there. Another user named Bearfucker posted Google <laughs> <laughs> posted Google Earth images and coordinates of the Utah monolith within 24 hours of its discovery. Other users began to trawl other satellite images and ascertained that the monolith had been erected sometime between August 2015 and October of 2016, meaning clearly that extraterrestrials were setting some kind of alien reminder to terminate this planet after observing the lead up to the 2016 election. As you can imagine, once the coordinates were made public, hundreds of people flocked to the site hoping to perhaps gain more insight to the origins and makeup of the monolith. Unfortunately, as soon as treasure seekers and influencers began to arrive on the scene, they discovered that the monolith itself was fairly disappointing. <laughs> this <laughs> clip is from David Sturber, who may have been the first videographer to arrive on the scene.
1: All right, y'all wanted the magnet test, so I didn't bring a strong enough one, but not sticking. Okay, those are the attempts. And then, uh, let's see. So is it solid? Not solid. Sounds a little bit like a cardboard box. And then, to the side, you got rivets and handprints from probably from Diesel Dave
0: going all the way up. And then it's three different panels. You can see there. So all the panels are separate and then riveted. Hollow, riveted, not magnetic. Hey!
1: Did did, did he say, what was the name of the guy, Dave?
0: Don't worry, we'll get to him.
1: (laughs) Someone climbed it?
0: Diesel Dave, yeah. Diesel Dave! While it started to become clear that this was not the work of E.T.'s, visitors to the site were nevertheless impressed by the craftsmanship of the piece. My next clip is from popular Instagram influencer and reality TV star Dave Sparks. Uh, he's, he, I guess he's part of the show Diesel Brothers. I've never <laughs> seen it, but it seems very popular and they have, a, a, they have a, uh, an extensive merch website. So I'm going to show you guys basically what this is. It looks like it's uh, stainless steel and, uh, it's roughly 10 feet above the ground here.
4: They got a concrete saw and they cut it into uh, the red rock there. They did a pretty good job. It's a pretty flush cut. Um, and then they took these stainless steel panels and they basically just riveted them together with these inner, uh, probably gussets or something. The middle of it appears to be hollow. You can see it's got these rivets right here. And then, uh, Looks like it's probably an eighth inch uh, sheet. And you can see down here on the bottom, they had a couple of overcuts with the saws. They did a good job, though. They <laughs> siliconed it all in there. It'd be cool if it was just one solid chunk.
0: Now- Oddly enough, uh, these were the only two real videos available of influencers making the trek to the object as Instagram informed me that other similar hashtags had been, quote, temporarily hidden to prevent the spread of possible false information and harmful content related to the election. (laughs) I couldn't even fucking. Wait, what I couldn't the, even monolith got sucked the monolith into it? got sucked into it? I guess people were using the hashtag Utah monolith okay. along with uh, election fraud. Okay, uh, so they're a hundred
1: percent like they're fucking trying to cover up the aliens with the fraud. That's the whole yeah. point to deny these
0: monoliths. That, as you know, of course, didn't stop increasingly wild theories from circulating on social media. Uh, One Reddit user made a post with the title,
1: The monolith story popping up everywhere is a cover story to prep us for alien disclosure. December 21st, Saturn and Jupiter will look like one planet, according to scientists. All these monolith stories popping up everywhere is to prep us for legitimate things happening in our skies.
2: Don't be afraid, go outside, look up, and embrace what's coming. I'm down so long as they're not here to fuck with us. I'm not trying to get anal probed like Cartman. I genuinely wonder why they would come if not for that. They've
1: gotta be smarter. We're either cattle or they need our planet.
2: Because they're already here and seeded humanity. The top of the control pyramid are the aliens that conveniently never show (laughs) up because this is a prison plane for souls. Enjoy your stay and don't trust the light at death if you want to stop coming to this confusing plane.
0: I feel like I'm already there. (laughs) (laughs) Duly noted, uh, interesting that capitalism has such a grip on our society that even the announcement of the existence of aliens needs some sort of PR marketing stunt. Also, what happens if I don't go into the light? Is being a ghost preferable to getting plugged back into the body of a different Earth creature? Something to think about. A lot of people are are talking about that. One Reddit user, clearly not satisfied with the Utah monolith, posted a link to astronaut Buzz Aldrin, one of the first people to walk on the moon, telling a reporter during an interview that there was a monolith on Mars' moon, Phobos. We should go boldly where man has not gone before.
5: Fly by the comets, visit asteroids, visit the moon of Mars. There's a monolith there, a very unusual structure on this Little potato-shaped object that that goes around Mars once in seven hours. When people find out about that, they're going to say, who put that there? Who put that there? Well, uh, the universe put it there. If you choose, God put it there.
1: Wow, I love this guy.
0: If you go online, uh, there are photos of what appear to be a monolith on Phobos. Check it out, it's cool. But just as theory started to ramp up, the monolith vanished. A handful of TikTokers and influencers hoping to create epic dances at the foot of the mysterious tower were shocked to discover that all that had been left was a small aluminum triangle, presumably from the top of the structure, and a pyramid of rocks. Clearly, whoever took the monolith had an extensive knowledge of the 2009 Nicolas Cage film, Knowing, which also had small piles of rocks left by Christian aliens. (laughs)
1: Ayo, guess who just drove 15 hours just to find out the monolith's not even here anymore? <laughs> uh, the and girl f- holding the, just a little piece of metal <laughs> looks so bummed out.
0: Yeah, the sad look oh, on, the, on the two young, young women's rocks. face uh, standing <laughs> you know, next to this you know, lame pile of rocks where the monolith once was is uh, pretty good. But shortly after its disappearance, and much to the dismay of conspiracy junkies, a photographer called Ross Bernards came forward claiming he had been at the site when the monolith was torn down. Here's his account. For the next hour and 40 minutes, we had the place to ourselves.
2: I had just finished taking some photos of the monolith under the moonlight and was taking a break, thinking about settings I needed to change for my last battery of drone flight when we heard some voices coming up the canyon. We were contemplating packing up our things as they walked up so they could enjoy it for themselves like we did. At this point, I looked down at my watch and it was 8.40 p.m. Four guys ran to the corner and two of them walked forward.
1: They gave a couple of pushes on the monolith and one of them said, You better have got your pictures. He then gave it a big push and it went over, leading to one side. He yelled back to his other friends that they didn't need the tools. The other guy with him at the monolith then said,
0: This is why you don't leave trash in the desert.
1: Then all four of them came up and pushed it almost to the ground on one side before they decided to push it back the other way when it then popped out and landed on the ground with a loud bang. They quickly broke it apart, and as they were carrying the wheelbarrow that they had brought, one of them looked back at us all and said, Leave no trace. That
2: was at 8.48. If you're asking why we didn't stop them, well, they were right to take it out. We stayed the night and the next day hiked to a hilltop overlooking the area where we saw at least 70 different cars and a plane in and out. Cars parking everywhere in the delicate desert landscape. Nobody following a path or each other. We could literally see people trying to approach it from every direction to try and reach it, permanently altering the untouched landscape. Mother Nature is an artist. It's best to leave the art in the
0: wild to her. I love this image that he creates of standing on top of the hill after this thing has been taken away and just seeing cars and people just kind of all yeah, the trying Zerg, to find Zerg it. Yeah, the Zerg this thing. rushing this thing. I mean, oh, to me it felt like the the opening of like an Indiana Jones sort of like mm-hmm. uh, vignette where like there, you know, there's some sort of archaeological dig and people are rushing it. I don't know. It's just this whole story to me is like. If, so a, if, weird. if an
1: alien like lands, just a classic gray, and tries to make contact,
0: we're going to kill it taking selfies within the first hour. <laughs> like, <it> was... <laughs> One day later, on December 1st, a group of environmentally conscious space jumpers, Andy Lewis and Sylvan Christensen, posted video to their YouTube and TikTok channels with convincing video of them dismantling and removing the monolith set to the Stranger Things soundtrack. And so, like every good conspiracy theory, in the end, it was destroyed by <laughs> environmentalists who just wanted to save one of the last untouched natural deserts in all of America. Monsters, the lot of them. The second monolith. The exact same day the Utah monolith disappeared, a second, much shoddier monolith <laughs> appeared in Romania uh. on the Batca Domine Hill in the northern Romanian city of Piatra Nemt the city's mayor, clearly a little bit pilled himself, posted a video to the city's (laughs) official Instagram page with the quote, The
1: universe chose. These days, our city is once again in the world's attention. And this time, it's nothing scary. Nothing scary. Or at least, there is no reason to panic for those who believe that there is still life in the universe. Piatra hosts a mysterious object. My guess is that some naughty and terrifying alien teenagers have left home with their parents' UFOs and started planting metal monoliths around the world. First in Utah, and then in Piatra Neamt. I am honored that they chose our city. I would have appreciated their bold gesture more if they had followed the rules and followed the legal steps to obtain a building permit. <laughs> we will try to clarify the legal situation of the monolith and discover the impudent. However, we will be tolerant of them if the new goal will attract more tourists. Beyond the conspiracy theories that can be tempting, I would like to see this event as additional proof that our city
2: is special for Earthlings, and maybe not only. Listen, you aliens, you want to build in my town? <laughs> Naughty teenagers. You need to get the permitting. All
0: right. Now, this this is a fun way for yeah. a for a um, you know a civic leader to dabble in conspiracy theories, as opposed to outright saying that they're just true. That's right. Um, you know, a little bit of flair, a little bit of winking. You know, this is fun. <laughs>
1: Next time, aliens, do not leave the uh, empty cigarette packs. Do not leave all of your inhalants.
0: (laughs) Now, on on this particular monolith, uh, the work was much less impressive. Uh, The base of the monolith had been crudely welded together, and someone had etched a looping, chaotic spiral pattern on all sides of the object. There was also rubble on the ground next to the structure, where it was clear that someone had dug into the ground before inserting the piece.
1: Oh, what do you think aliens would install? Like, you, what, Aliens are supposed to be so
0: great at insulation that it, it's like a perfect, se- like, that's not how life works. The way it would work with Aliens is the monolith itself as it descended uh, from the, the craft, would be so mm. hot, uh, so hot okay. with energy from both the tractor beam uh, a- as well as just the you know the material um, right. that it would actually melt a uh, you know a divot into the ground, a perfect divot, so no cut lines, no nothing. That's what I think,
1: and that's how physics also views it. Mm-hmm. They they don't think that there's a difference between potential and kinetic energy.
0: Uh, at the time, uh, one Reddit user was now sure that similar monoliths would pop up in Germany. Argentina, and Yemen. When combined with Utah and Romania, the first two sightings, the first letter of each location would spell out the phrase, quote, you're gay. It,
1: honestly, that's probably going to be it. Fuck it. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's like, going to be the answer at the end of all of it. Do-do.
0: do-do. <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> this is just <laughs> Why now? Richard Branson is having a really fucking weird winter. That's all I'm saying. Others were sure that this Romanian monolith was the work of a copycat uh, looking to cash in on the viral sensation uh, in the Utah desert. And as quickly as it had been discovered, the monolith overlooking the quaint Romanian city disappeared. It seems as if the mystery had been somewhat solved, as an account calling themselves The Most Famous Artist has not (laughs) only claimed responsibility for the monoliths, but also that they are making them by commission for the small asking price of $45,000. I've included a post from The Most Famous artist Instagram page of a seemingly the monolith in their workshop. Their faces are blurred out with the caption, checking in, dot, dot, dot. Any collectors interested in an official alien monolith? Asking 45K. Includes documentation and signed TMFA. Um, There's another, (laughs) and then I actually went to their website where they are selling this thing for $45,000. Julian, will you read the specs for us?
1: Monolith, $45,000. Authentic dimensions and museum quality materials. Edition of 3 plus 1 artist proof. 10 feet tall. Delivery and installation included. Blockchain certificate of authenticity. Signed and dated The Most Famous Artist 2020. Please allow four to six weeks for delivery. No refunds or exchanges. And they're linking to a Mashable and Artnet article so it is money at the end of it all Jake you were right
0: so another theory that people had is that this was actually the work of a very famous artist named John McCracken um, who has since passed away Um, the New York Times actually did a uh, interviewed his son and his art dealer who who, the the dealer said that yes it could have been him uh, because the object you know uh, was definitely placed before he passed away um, his son says that maybe, but his artist buddies say that the the production of and the quality of the monolith is not to the standard that McCracken would have made it. They they say that he would have welded it so it was at one solid object and not three sides riveted together. So
1: we'll never know because the good Lord released the McCracken.
0: Interesting thing about McCracken is that he did for for years talk about uh, his belief that uh, there were these benevolent aliens that sort of uh, lived in harmony with our you know with our planet and he was very into uh, producing these sculptures and pieces out in the wild that would be discovered so this would have been something that he and mm-hmm. that he was interested in but yeah. uh, the consensus sort of from the art world is that the craftsmanship was not quite up to uh, his standards So, as Julian said, it would seem, as most things are nowadays, that what began with a sense of wonder and mystery has actually ended in an exorbitant grift. I will say that the that uh, the, the most famous artist group is responsible for some other viral installations such as the Pink House in Los Angeles Ugh. and a fake private jet installation. Both did good business amongst influencers on Instagram, uh, not to discount their abilities as street artists, but fucking 45000 for three pieces of aluminum seems a little bit steep. Folks, I figured out where you could put your monolith. One thing that both monoliths had in common is that they bear an uncanny resemblance to the prop used in Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece, 2001, A Space Odyssey. In fact, the word monolith is actually used to describe natural solid stone landmarks like Angel's Landing or Half Dome. But ever since Arthur C. Clarke's Space Odyssey stories, which became the basis for the Kubrick films, monolith has only meant one thing. Large rectangular slabs that bear gifts of advanced knowledge to primitive civilizations. As it should be. Science fiction rewriting reality. But film scholars have actually gone beyond the literal meaning of the story to what the monolith was intended to represent in the film itself. Many have suggested that the monolith represents the screens through which viewers were watching the movie. Some sort of portal to another world where audiences do indeed download knowledge from essentially an alternate dimension. In a rare interview, Stanley Kubrick attempts to explain the final scene of the movie, where the main character finds himself in some sort of bizarre room vaguely resembling French architecture. There are no windows, there are no doors, only a large black monolith, which we see the main character reaching for as he grows weak on his deathbed, his only escape.
6: I have tried to avoid doing this ever since the picture came out, because when you, uh, when you, uh, just say, uh, the ideas they sound uh, foolish whereas if they're dramatized uh, one feels it but I'll try. I mean the idea was supposed to be that um he is uh taken in by uh, uh godlike entities, uh creatures of pure uh, energy and intelligence with no shape or form. And um they uh put him uh in what I suppose you could describe as a human zoo mm. Uh, to study him and he spends he, his whole life passes from that point on in that room and he has no sense of time um, it just seems to happen as it does in the film and um, they choose this
0: very cool to hear Stanley Kubrick speak about his movies it's pretty rare yeah. you don't you don't get to hear it i also i mean this is kind of a sidebar or whatever but there was another a written interview where he talks about how in the the final scene of 2001 which if you're familiar if you haven't watched it fucking go watch it Obviously. It's amazing film it's it's i think it's a horror movie but that's just me um <laughs>
1: Spicy take
0: there's there's a you know there are two spheres. one is the earth and one is a you know a a unborn infant essentially in a you know a spherical sort of embryotic sac. And what's really interesting is that the space in between uh, these two spheres creates a bending black monolith, which a lot of people uh, have pointed out that throughout the film, including the visors of the astronauts, mm-hmm. they are bent, uh, curved monoliths uh, mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, in somehow bending time creates. You know, I don't know. I'm yeah. not smart enough to fucking unpack that shit. But you can but, see
1: the rectangles.
0: But I can see the rectangles, <laughs> and if you watch the they movie, I'm burning in your mind. If you watch the movie, there are so many moments where uh, monolithic shapes are used. Really cool shit. But this idea uh, that Kubrick touches on—that we're all zoo animals, sort of looking into screens, which are now the size of our palms—instantly filled me with anxiety as I contemplated the hold that these windows have on our collective psyche in the modern age. There's a jarring scene in the. Film when astronauts discover the monolith located on Earth's moon. The first thing they do is line up to take a picture in front of it, and as they do, their ears get blown out by a high-frequency pitch emanating from within the monolith. I can't help but draw a strong parallel to the events of the last couple weeks. People traveling from far and wide just to snap a picture in front of these mysterious objects, and leaving behind them literal human feces and other heaps of trash in the once-pristine desert. This is also not the first time human beings have obsessed over large rectangular objects seemingly placed by gods or aliens. I'm sure that you're all familiar with Stonehenge in southern England, which some believe is an ancient place containing healing powers, or rather as some sort of prehistoric celestial observatory. Uh, But alas, as of yesterday, the site has been swarmed by demonstrators and activists to protest an underground tunnel being built by the government to ease automotive traffic in the area. Why must the mysterious always be met with the mundane practicality of human infrastructure? The Third Monolith We here in California were fortunate enough to be blessed with The Third Monolith. Although perhaps this one became the source of the most troubling controversy yet, the monolith appeared last Wednesday morning at the top of the Pine Mountain Loop Trail in Atascadero Stadium Park. However, the evening that the Pine Mountain Monolith was discovered, three far-right extremists videotaped themselves tearing the structure down and replacing it with a cross. Now, most of the information I've sourced from a very good Vice article by Samir Verdowski. The following uh, is a clip streamed by the neo-Nazis themselves as they destroyed the artifact. Um, before I play these, the following clips, uh, I wanna give you a content warning. There are homophobic slurs, there are threats of sexual violence, uh, there are xenophobic slurs. I mean,
1: yeah, it's not great, folks. So-called alien obelisks
4: and more of the cross right here. Because Christ is king of this country. We don't want illegal aliens from Mexico or outer space. So let's tear this bitch down. Come on. Christ is king! Christ is king!
3: Christ is
4: king! Christ is king! like, bolted down, right here. America first! Alright, what do here? Hold oh, uh, right. out. Here. Oh, here, let me try to push it over the other way. We're gonna have to uh, take it out.
0: Yeah. But the story doesn't end there. The guys, one donning a maga headband, pose for pictures in front of the cross, stomping their boots on the toppled art structure before tying ropes around the monolith and dragging it down the mountain, cheering and calling the inanimate object names. Oh,
6: that's that's pretty good. Yeah. We need, let's just everybody stomp it though. Yeah. Boom.
4: Don't step stomp. on the rebar, that won't be fun. Yeah. Fuck aliens. All my homies hate aliens. So true. Get fuck aliens. Fuck you. Let's drag them, boys. Oh, yeah, yeah. The rope's getting
5: all Hold tangled
1: on. On. there. Hog time. <laughs> 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 yeah, make sure that, because that rope's loose and like, fucked up. Make sure you can get all untangled.
0: Yeah, fuck this gay ass <laughs> like, monolith. In a stream that has since been deleted, the account under the name Culture War Criminal videotaped their five-hour drive to the Pine Mountain Monolith site, saying things like, quote, I will fuck you to death if you don't sing, before making his boys, who are wearing combat helmets with night vision goggles, sing the Battle Hymn of the Republic, amongst other racist chants and slurs. To quote directly from the vice journalist who watched the stream throughout the video, they are mentioning burning crosses and white power. End quote. So fuck these guys. Absolute <laughs> fucking trash.
1: Oh man, this alien story. Now, I guess you did it's more news. It's always got to be Nazis. fucking ruined by Nazis. <laughs> I don't think that's the end of every sci-fi story, but yeah, some of them these days it seems like it is more and more. However, the story
0: does have somewhat of a happy ending. At one point, as they're dragging the monolith down the mountain. They are pursued by someone who is heard to yell, quote, grab them with the cross and beat them with it. The neo-Nazis, afraid, dive into a group of bushes like the brave heroes they are and contemplate whether their pursuers are Antifa. They then LARP hard, using military lingo to devise a plan to call the cops and get their pursuers arrested. Alas, none of that happens, and they flee back to their car, where they brag the whole way home about their daring escape. Here's Culture War Criminal after the fact, talking about why he and his crew ran away from Antifa instead of fighting them.
4: Running away from a few people yelling at you rather than saying your ground's is bad optic. Running away is not bad optic. Well, um, it's just not worth getting into a confrontation because there was a dog, actually. We did hear it in the distance. Um,
0: Journalist uh, says you can hear no dog in the video. Obviously, they were, uh, you know, they
4: bluffed us. And, you know, I try to tell my uh, my compadres, I'm like, you know, we should stand our ground, we should get them. But they're like, no, nah, man, I got to work tomorrow. You know, yeah, everything went good. I mean, the monolith itself was litter. Like, it, it was not legally there. So we uh, litter, uh, put a cross up, Where the cringe viral marketing campaign used to be. I mean, who do they think we are? We're just like locked, we're locked in our houses because it's BS lockdown. And we're just cattle to be subjected to these psyop, you know, psychological warfare techniques.
0: Now, I dug a little deeper into Culture War Criminal's DLive page, where it is frighteningly clear that not only is he a white supremacist of the groiper variety, but also believes in child trafficking tunnels beneath Hillary Clinton's house. On his Twitter, there are links to several since-deleted live streams where heavy QAnon rhetoric is displayed front and center. Cabal tunnel exploration stream tonight at 8 p.m. The second tweet, both from December 1st, says... Recently
2: declassified images of special forces team in pedo-cabal tunnels under Frankfurt. These two soldiers were killed in the shootout with the CIA minutes later while attempting to recover the Dominion server. Hashtag honor the fallen. Hashtag Frankfurt server.
1: So... It seems like trolling maybe, though. It's very hard with these guys. It's really hard to know. But
2: he's... he's Seems to be some kind of Christian Dominionist, white supremacist, oh, yes. Yes. QAnon adjacent mm-hmm. guy. Yes,
0: absolutely. You could you could definitely say QAnon adjacent. He's um, he, got it all. He's retweeting Flynn. I mean, all all the signs are there based on the the accounts that he follows as well. So I actually, while I was researching this, this guy last night, I went to his DLive page and he was in the middle of a live stream mm. at a Huntington Beach uh, Stop the Steel rally. There's nothing scarier as a Jewish person than watching, you know, seven uh, guys with blonde hair and blue eyes, like yelling at the police officers that are trying to keep peace at the rally to pick a side and to see how the anger in their eyes. I mean, there is nothing behind the eyes of these guys. I I am I have lost a piece of myself. watching watching. watching this this stream. Bless you. Flinterstellar. Flynn tumbled, weightless, through the twisting blackness of the infinite internet. Bright stars and nebulas, once the size of gods, seemed to shrink and spin past him like intergalactic tops twirling on some unseen axis. Flynn had no thoughts, no worries. He felt his previous life force separate from his consciousness. Even the name, Michael Flynn, began to melt away from his own understanding. He was a life force, piloting a stiff, stubborn body through the infinite blackness of inner space. All the anger, the sadness, the rage, drifted off into nothingness, becoming mere things that Flynn observed, but did not engage. Flynn snapped back into his own mind. The voice pumping into his ears was strange, but familiar. Flynn, are you there? I'm here, I'm, where are we? Even his voice sounded different here, a strange Scottish brogue. It almost sounded Catholic, Flynn shuddered. Out of the blackness, geometrical shapes began to form. At first, they were foreign to Flynn, but then began to take shape. An infinite number of bookcases looking into an infinite number of bedrooms.
2: It appears we are in some kind of tesseract constructed by an advanced
0: civilization from within the internet. They built it for us, Tarvis. They knew, they knew we would find him, Michael Jr. Flynn's eyes were wet with tears, a manic smile plastered across his face. The bookcases began to expand, and a three-dimensional grid of an adult son's bedroom took shape. (laughs) An infinite number of them bleeding into one another, yet maintaining near perfect order and balance.
2: But how will you know which is the right one?
0: Flynn smiled, propelling himself through the tesseract, approaching the speed of light. The edges of his reality bent and blurred as he hurled through the grid, his eyes scanning through hundreds of thousands of different dimensions.
5: We have an army of digital soldiers.
0: In one room, a young man was playing Call of Duty, shouting homophobic slurs. In another, the same young man was sharpening a butterfly knife, cutting himself and wincing from the pain. The voice in Flynn's head spoke again. Flynn, how will you know? Flynn's features looked godlike as light radiated from his glowing face. Love, Tarvis. Pure love the only human emotion that can transcend time and space. My connection with Michael Jr. is quantifiable. They knew I would find him. It's gotta be here. Flynn homed in on one particular bedroom where the young man was hunched over a computer trying to enter bank account information into an Iraqi dinar exchange (laughs) website. (laughs) That's it. He floated delicately in awe and admiration of his son, watching him struggle to enter text (laughs) into the field box. (laughs) This is it, but how can we translate the message? Tarvis, I need you to communicate the proper bank account information or he'll never be able to pay for all the lawyers. You understand me? Not really. Flynn peered through the moving strands of energy racing by just inches from his face and spotted a small plastic red hat sitting on one of the shelves. The words make a mirror (laughs) great again printed across the front. The USB key, of course. Tarvis, I need you to translate the data so the key can read it. Ready? How can you be sure he'll see it? Because I gave it to him, boy. And because there's lots of other good information on there. The robotic voice began reading numbers, and as it did, Flynn gently tapped one of the strands directly above the plastic hat USB key. When he was finishing entering the numbers, he let his grip loosen on the sides of the bookshelf and drifted backwards. Tarvis, did it, did it work? I think so. How do you know? because the tesseract is closing. Flynn's eyes darted around. Each dimension began collapsing in on itself, moving closer and closer to Flynn. A blinding white light overtook him. What happens now? He was falling again, this time through a different wormhole. An image was floating towards him. It was Rudy Giuliani, standing in front of a podium, speaking to some unseen group. As Flynn floated past him, he reached his hands out, his fingers grasped at Rudy's face and then he was gone. Flynn was spinning. Light strobed around him. Dark to light, dark to to light, light. light. he shielded his eyes. (laughs) (coughs) Flynn inhaled a large cloud of dust. It scratched his throat. He could feel the soft light from the moon reflecting off his worn, leathery skin. He shook some of the dust off and climbed to his knees, taking in the cool desert air. About 100 meters away, he saw his large rectangular robot friend, Tarvis, stuck upside down, sticking straight out of the ground on top of a large hill. And then, there were men there, young men, shouting and yelling. They knocked Tarvis over and began kicking him on the ground.
5: (laughs) Christ is king! Christ
4: is king! Christ is king! Christ is king!
0: Flynn tried to yell, but his voice was cracked and thin. Tarvis! But it was no use. The men had tied ropes around Tarvis and were dragging him down the hill. Using all the strength he could muster, Flynn clambered to his feet and gave chase. Don't do this to me, Tarvis! He picked up a nearby wooden cross and brandished it as a weapon, hoping he might be able to save his friend. But the three young men disappeared into a group of bushes. Flynn was too tired to keep trudging down the steep rocky slopes. He collapsed to the ground and sat, looking up at the stars, contemplating his interstellar journey that now seemed like a lifetime ago. But A phone vibrated somewhere on his body. He rifled through his clothing and finally produced the small black monolith from a pocket. On it was one notification. From his son, Michael Flynn Jr. It read, Life savings, gone. Iraqi dinars, not real. (laughs) Wish you were here. (laughs) Flynn smiled. The money wasn't important. He now realized he had something much more valuable. Love. As he looked up into the brilliant night sky, he watched in awe as a giant drone zipped through the clouds overhead and disappeared over the horizon. The End
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month. You'll get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. What is more, we usually stream twice a week at twitch.tv slash QAnon Anonymous. That's 6 p.m. PT, 9 p.m. ET, on Tuesdays and Thursdays.
0: For everything else, we have QAnonAnonymous.com, where you'll find merch, a link to our Discord, access to the lost episodes, music, etc. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless
2: you and keep you.
6: It's not a conspiracy, yeah, it's fact. And now,
0: today's auto AutoCube.
5: First of all, I think that we're that uh, that Donald Trump is going to become he's going to continue to be the president of the United States. I think that he won in the landslide. I think that we have to allow the process to go through its course. Being I, I was forward or in operational units for the majority of my career, I really didn't go to Washington, D.C. ever. I you know, was never assigned in Washington, D.C. until I uh, reached the rank of two star general. Uh, and I, I, you know, I purposely did that. I would have rather, you know, stayed in Afghanistan or Iraq and, and or elsewhere uh, than go to Washington, D.C. Um, and, you know, looking back on things, fighting al-Qaeda is easier than fighting with a damn deep state. Um, but uh, <laughs> and when people tell me, Dan, that oh, we're so sorry for what happened to you, I tell people, don't feel sorry for me. Feel, feel sorry for this country, because, you know, the country... And I'll speak for myself. The country didn't get the benefit of of decades of service and and, and intimate knowledge that I have of of how how things operate, and also to be able to advise the president of the United States because they they were damaging him. People weren't coming after uh, Mike Flynn or Donald Trump at, at the end of the day. They were coming after America, and they were coming after the system that we have that we should be proud to have. And now. We're just in phase, whatever you want to call it, phase five with this uh, disastrous election.
4: We'll be right back with Lieutenant General and American Patriot Mike Flynn. Hope you're enjoying
2: this interview with American Patriot Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Thanks for your patience. Today's show also brought to you by It's Simply Safe. Ladies and gentlemen, there's always a rise in break-ins during the holidays. It's shameful. It's shameful.
5: shameful.